Authors Sandy Franks and Sarah Nunnally have chosen a loaded word for their title, barbarian. It can mean so many different things to so many different people that we must begin by wondering what it means to the authors. In anticipation of the next 1,000 words, the answer is, I don't know, but I can take a guess. There is no disputing that the way of the world includes many things that might be labeled barbaric. Some of them will seem wrong to listeners, others will seem necessary, and some will even seem desirable. Most of the civilized world felt that waterboarding a prisoner was not only reprehensible, but illegal and barbaric. Former U.S. President George W. Bush, however, said that he was glad he had allowed it. And how about Goldman Sachs' handling of its credit derivatives? Is it barbaric to create an investment that you know will blow up on your client? Is it barbaric to create special instruments for the Greek government so that it can mislead investors and regulators as to how much debt it is carrying? What is barbaric and what isn't? Barbarism most commonly means uncivilized, but that doesn't take us very far. The Greeks accused everyone who was not Greek of being a barbarian. The word itself is believed to be onomatopoeic. The Greeks thought foreigners sounded like they were babbling. Bar, bar, bar. The Romans had much the same view of foreigners. So did the Chinese. So universal is the description of foreigners as barbarians that we could come to believe the word is not actually pejorative. Maybe it could be replaced with stranger or people unlike us. But there is another aspect to the word, the uncivilized side of it. This kind of barbarian is not just foreign, either to the Greeks or to the authors of this book, nor is he the innocent savage of Rousseau's imagination. This barbarian is the fellow you don't want to meet in the jungle or in the boardroom. He will ambush you in the forests of Teutoburg, throw you down a well in Calcutta, or rip you off with hedge fund fees. A barbarian is not only unlike us, he is also wild, savage, untrustworthy, and violent. So when we think of the barbarians of finance, we have to include the little bighorn in our thoughts. A financial barbarian is not a noble savage. He is a ruthless cutthroat and a cad. But what does that mean exactly? The mark of a barbarian is that he is literally uncivilized. Being civilized originally referred to living in a town. Uncivilized people, like the Irish before the Viking invasions, don't have towns, so they don't have the rules and refinements that city life requires. At least, that's the idea. Hunters and gatherers, by this definition, are not civilized. A hunter is a killer. A gatherer takes what he finds. In the world before the agricultural revolution, a hunter-gatherer probably needed little encouragement to hunt his fellow men and to gather up their possessions and their women. Living in a civilized, sedentary community, by contrast, required new codes of behavior. The instinct for reciprocity probably predates city life and even the species itself. It was easily applied to property. A hunted animal belonged to no one. A domesticated animal needed an owner. If you couldn't control an animal and exploit it, it wouldn't have been worthwhile feeding him. 
We can't imagine that owners could only anticipate that their property rights would be respected if they respected others' property. Thus, a general rule evolved that hadn't been necessary in the uncivilized world.